big beat manifesto goes, big beats are the best, get high all the time. Right. At the time, it felt like a much more all-encompassing philosophy. This is outrageous. This is contagious. Sorry, I, I didn't see you. Looking straight at me. Must get injured. Well, you should be more careful, you jizz cock. What? You could have had my legs off, you piss kidney. Arsehole. Uh, what episode was conference? 24, 25, 26. Okay, here we go. All right. Hey everybody, welcome to the El Dude Brothers podcast, episode 26, Jim. I'm Laura, and I've never pooed in a pool. And I'm Sean, and well, well, I've done things that I'm not particularly <laughs> proud of, but I was young and stupid, so <laughs> we're not going to dwell on it. <laughs> oh, how are you? Uh, good, good. Did you guys survive your hurricane or whatever the fuck came up your way? It didn't really make it here. It's quite windy. It's even still quite windy now. I'm just looking out the window, but not like blowing cats across the road windy i think ireland got it worse than we did yeah the um <laughs> the west coast of ireland got it badly but i don't think i don't know maybe i think there probably is going to be another storm tonight but trees aren't coming down i say that and then this will be once this comes out it'll be you know there would have been carnage all across the southeast of england yeah i could just imagine the news tomorrow like record winds devastate <laughs> all of all of england <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, how's uh, how's things over there? Oh, oh my gosh, the weather has just been unbelievably nice here. It's been in the seventies this entire week. It's like just amazing. I can't. Uh, in Kansas, we do not get weather like this very frequently, so it is really, really nice to just have a nice, just chill few days. It's been awesome. It has been quite warm here. I went to London. Um to like central London on the tube with some kids on a school trip a couple of days and it started off sort of gloomy but we all ended up with our coats off and it's quite it's been quite unseasonable but then it has been windy so at least two or three yeah. times this week I've looked at my the temperature outside and I'm like oh I could probably need a hoodie or something like that and so I grab my hoodie and I walk outside and I'm like it's too fucking hot for a hoodie this is ridiculous yeah 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 you know. So I would also just kind of like to apologize for the delay of Batcast number three. Um, there was some technical difficulties on my end and then changes to work schedule. So hopefully, fingers crossed, by the time you're listening to this, you have also finished listening to Batcast number three. So Cool. Well, it's all right. We, we've all got uh, crazy work schedules right now, so I'm sure everyone will understand. Yeah. Um, I was really excited to watch this episode because when I was sitting down to watch this episode, I was like, oh, yeah, I fucking love this episode. This episode's great. I used to work out with a personal trainer that is like Matt. And so, you know, oh, I have so many fun memories of this episode. Um, I was quite the opposite. I thought that I didn't remember it being that funny um, when I first watched it, but I actually ended up enjoying it more than I thought I would. Wow, well, let's let's talk through the episode and let's see if we both feel the same way after the episode is over. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, so opening scene, it was, you know, uh, it was kind of weird because Sophie, it just starts with Sophie, like, just storming out of the apartment. Um, Mark is just like, okay, well, I'll, I'll see you later. And, you know, then he thinks to himself, like, well, she didn't want me to say anything about her trainers. She shouldn't ask me what her thought she thought about her trainers. 
yeah, um, he says that, that she was worried they were a bit clumpy, but they are a bit clumpy. We don't actually see her trainers, so uh, it was a bit of a weird way to start the episode, I agree. But um, she, yeah, she stomps off, um, and it, it is established that they're not in a great place at the moment in terms of their relationship. No. Uh, Mark walks into the living room, and he sees Jeremy just kind of, like, sitting on the couch, like, fucking around, and he says... You know, he asked Jeremy what he's doing, and he, Jeremy says that he's designing a logo for baseball hats for when people call him um, <laughs> with hats that they want him to put his initials on. And Mark realizes that he is doodling on his post, and this does not make Mark happy. Uh, no, so he um, he gets across that the post is being doodled on, and then he says, like, when were you going to tell me I had post? And it turns out that Mark has received a letter from uh, Matt Townsend, is how... Mark first introduces him and Jeremy says who is Matt Townsend and Mark um, es establishes that he's a personal trainer that has been recommended by Johnson because he's a great personal trainer apparently. The best personal trainer in all of South London according to Johnson. Yeah. Um, yeah and he has got a window and he's opening it for Mark. He has got um yeah there's obviously a space coming. Yep and Mark Mark kind of casually suggests to Jeremy that he should also join the gym but you know Jeremy just he doesn't need a gym. The hills are his gym. The trees are his gym. <laughs> the rivers are his gym. Yeah, he um, he asks Mark if he's having some kind of uh, mental breakdown when Mark starts talking about the gym, which I get. That's uh, when I started working at the school I'm at. It's got a gym attached to it. And my line manager said, uh, you know, so do you want me to go through the uh, health and safety uh, rules for the gym? And I was like, I'll stop you right there. You don't need to because I will never be attending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at a... But it's just save ourselves five minutes. So I'm with Jeremy on this Yeah, on, on Monday, the training class, uh, we had to give them a tour of the new building. Um, and uh, we're I'm giving them a tour of the building and like three of them go, hey, where's the gym? And I just looked at them and I was like, I've no fucking idea where the gym is. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, don't know. So I had to end up uh, asking somebody else where the gym was, and they were like, oh, it's downstairs by the bank. And I was like, oh, okay. And I took them downstairs and saw the gym and was like, oh, this is a nice-looking facility. <laughs> How nice to know I could go if I wanted to. Yep, but I won't because I'm lazy and I'm fat, and I don't give a fuck that I'm lazy and fat. <laughs> yeah. Except when I take um, my shirt aside off. From... And then I... <laughs> and like jesus christ i'm lazy yeah. and fat and fucking not happy yeah, about it I but just... i'll deal with it later <laughs> luckily there aren't too many beaches around here for us to go to, so that's yeah hey when i was in florida um, i was on the plus side of normal so i was okay with that oh that's yeah that's 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 great i mean i've heard bad things about the obesity problems in florida so i'm not sure that's necessarily a great thing but it's good to feel good yeah i was like hey, that guy's way fatter than I am, and his chest is hairier, and he's walking around without a shirt on, so why should I give a shit? Oh, man. Um, as they continue to talk about the gym, Mark also notices some rather unflattering pictures of Big Sue's, who, just so everybody remembers, has ditched Jeremy and is now with Johnson. And Jeremy says, yeah, he drew some pictures of Big Sue's and he's going to send her the most savage ones in the post because her birthday is just around the corner. Yeah, he must be quite a good drawer if it's easily identifiable as Big Sue's. I thought that this was a point to Jeremy's artistic talent. Well, he is an artist. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jeremy then asks if Mark has got any spare carrier bags because 
he is going to go out and collect some dog shit to also presumably post to Exus. Yeah, I think that there's actually a website now that'll do this. So if this episode had just happened 10, 10 years in the future, he could have just <laughs> logged into a website and not even had to draw anything. Is there? I know there's a website that will send glitter to someone you hate, which I've always thought sounded quite good. Let's see. Sending dog poop in the mail. Poop senders. Yes, www.poopsenders.com. Mm, there you go. Well, that's, yeah, like you say, but Jez, we probably wouldn't have had the cash for that Damn, anyway. you can send cow dung, elephant crap, gorilla poop, or a combo pack. <laughs> oh, God, that's that's grim, but I bet people go for Holy it. Holy shit, and it is guaranteed anonymous, so they will never, ever reveal who sent the poop. Hmm. I can think of a few people I might want to send some to, although I think they'd know it was me. We do need to see if poop senders will sponsor this podcast now, so... <laughs> Yeah, we might have finally found the perfect sponsor. I know. We can, can you imagine this? Every episode is going to start with, <laughs> Welcome to the El Dude Brothers podcast, sponsored by PoopSenders.com, where you can send poop anonymously on the internet. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, dear. So, um, going into the next scene, there is a gym changing room, and Mark is, uh, they're getting, they've, he's obviously been working out, and he's getting changed with a, another man. Yeah, Matt. This is Matt yes, Townsend. Um, Mark starts the scene with a voiceover saying that his new life has begun and everything is going to be different yep. now. Yep, and then Matt just kind of shits all over him and just says, well, well done, dude. So he gives him a compliment, but then he's just like, yeah, you know, you slacked off a bit on the treadmill at the end. Remember, Mark, a champion is someone who gets up even when they can't. Okay. <laughs> And Mark says in his head that that's probably exactly the kind of bullshit that he's going to have to believe in his new life, which really made me laugh. Yeah, I did too, because uh, my my personal trainer, his name is Dave, and I fucking love Dave. Dave is an excellent guy. So, But that was like his thing where he was just like, you know, don't fuck off, don't fuck off. Like, you know, uh, a champion is the person who scores the most points in the least amount of time. God damn it. You know, kind of like, ruru. <laughs> uh haha speeches and stuff like that so i'm pretty sure to go to uh like personal trainer school to graduate from there you have to learn those sort of speeches i'm sure you do they probably just have a a book of like uh sports cliches for 500 or some shit like that yeah yeah gym teaches the same book i think it's probably the same textbook they're working except they get the cool book that shows them how to play with the giant uh parachute when you all sit underneath it (laughs) Yeah, we don't do that here. I know that's the thing that happened. I've seen it in films, but that's not... Beanbags is the thing here. So retrieving beanbags when you're little, you have to retrieve them from... Like, you lay on the floor and they put them over your shoulder and you have to retrieve them with your toes and things like that. Interesting. Yeah, that's like entry-level gym here. Yeah. Um, Matt Townsend is played by uh, an actor. His name is James Carlton. He was in a... A TV show called, he was in two TV shows Heartbeat and Doctors and then he was also in a movie called Emmerdale when he was up- uh, Emmerdale is not a movie Emmerdale is a soap oh, opera oh okay I'm sorry yeah so he was in a soap opera of course now that I'm looking at the date that he was in Emmerdale he was in five he was five years old when he was in Emmerdale so <laughs> yeah he uh, Emmerdale started in 1972 and um, he, I believe, was in it for some time. Let me have a look. Yeah, he was in it for two years. I've never watched Emmerdale. Uh, it's a 
it's a farming soap opera that's got a bit edgier in recent years. Um, and Heartbeat is a kind of gentle family drama on, on a Sunday night about uh, the 60s in, I want to say, Yorkshire, somewhere like that. Holy shit, yeah. The character that he played was Jason Kirk in Emmerdale, and he played Kirk for three years and was in 35 episodes. Yeah, I am um, always on Twitter. Let's have a look, see what see what he's up to these days. Not a lot. Oh, he's a British actor living in California, wearing almonds and walnuts. Yep. Yeah, he's not acting, I nope. don't think, anymore. Nope. Uh, when I looked at him on IMDb, it, it honestly, Peep Show was like the second to last thing that he did. Right, okay. He um, is clearly giving it all up to live amongst the almonds and walnuts of California. Good for, Good him. for him. I hope he. I hope his farm is okay and not incinerated by the fucking insane fires that are going on in California right now. Oh yeah, of course. Hope you're all right, Matt. Yep. Take it easy, Matt. We should tweet him. Huh, let's see if he's on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. James. Yeah, he is. Oh. James Carlton. We should tweet him. I'm gonna send him. We should tweet okay. him. Okay. Go and do it. Do, do it. it. Do it. Do it. Hey, James. We are just talking about Jim saw you live in California now hope the fires spared your farm best of luck from at L dude brothers all right so nice yeah. all right tweet away he it does not seem like he has that many followers on Twitter so he should, he should see this. He should get back to yeah, us. Yeah, he's only yeah. got sixteen hundred followers. I mean, fuck, we have more than that. Yeah, that's yeah, true. So, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> um, as they go into the locker, the a locker room is the exact like kind of setting that Mark probably tries to stray away from. Um, Mark. Matt is kind of like, uh, hey, so that was, you know, our basic package. And, you know, do you have any specific, um, you know, workout goals that you want to achieve? And Mark thinks to himself, you know, does hiding from my fiance count? But <laughs> yeah. But out loud, he says, Sorry, no special goals other than not dying and getting in shape for my wedding. And Matt is pretty, pretty happy for Mark about getting married. Yeah, he he congratulates him, and um, they uh, Matt is getting undressed, and Mark starts to become uncomfortable with the situation, <laughs> as you say, because he's not very comfortable in this kind of scenario. Nope, nope, he is definitely not comfortable in this kind of scenario, and uh, it, it's really funny because Mark is wearing like a like a gray polo shirt and just like kind of sweatpants, and you know Matt is. I mean, he genuinely looks like he's in a school uniform gym kit, yeah. I think. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> as Matt is talking to him, he is slowly taking off his clothes. And, um, you know, when it gets time for him to take his underwear off, Mark's just like, oh, great. You know, here comes the massive dong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he Then it becomes obvious that Mark isn't going to get in the shower. And he explains that he's got methods of his own, so he'll shower at home. And I completely identified with Mark here because I hate this sort of thing. Not even particularly because I'm body conscious, but just because 
I hate having to do small talk with people in these kind of settings. Like, I'd be the same. I'd be trying to head off home. What kind of crazy gyms do you guys have where where people don't have their own little personal stalls? Yeah, so I think that, like, it's the same in swimming pools. Most places have got, yeah, like, one big communal kind of shower situation. See, that's how it was in the, that's how it was in the military. And uh, yeah. so I actually kind of did the same thing where... I would just leave from the gym, go home, shower, change, and then come back. Yeah. Yeah, I think it depends on the place. So I've been to, like, spas where you've got your own individual stool, but I've also been to more utilitarian gyms that have got a kind of joint situation. And this gym seems pretty nice, so I would have just assumed that they would have had, you know, individual individual showers. Yeah, um, my husband used to play rugby at university and they used to have communal baths, which I think is even stranger. So apparently this is a thing in rugby where you have to have an ice bath to something to do with your muscles and all the men would pile in together in a big cold bath. For some reason, and this is not to like throw shade at Phil or to like insult (laughs) Phil in any way. I think Phil is a wonderful person. I really can't see him in like a rugby scrum though. No, it's really strange. He he's like he really loves rugby. He loves watching it. He doesn't play it anymore. But he was like a heavy, like really into rugby. That was his big thing at university. And I didn't meet him till after university. And I agree with you. Cannot imagine him in any way in a rugby scrum. But that was what he did when he was young. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to throw shade on Phil here. So no, he's a very um, he's a very sort of softly spoken, quite shy individual. So it's very out of character. But Apparently, he was an absolute beer monster stroke rugby-loving lad at uni. So, there you go. Fucking remind me never to challenge him to a rugby, a game of rugby. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see that episode of Friends where Ross plays rugby and the English people are all, like, trying to explain that, hey, it's not violent, this is just how it works, and he nearly dies. I'm imagining that. I'll be honest, Friends was not really in my wheelhouse. It's, um... That's fair enough. I can see that. But I will definitely check that episode out because it does sound very funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, as um, Mark. So. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, as um, no, no, no. as Mark walks out of the locker room, he goes, you know, Matt probably thinks that I don't want to take a shower because I have a small penis, but really it's my misshapen scrotum. And before anything else can happen, we hear a very familiar voice just yell, hey, Corrigan, your ass is hanging out. Tuck it in. Yeah, and that's a pretty good impression because it is the American Nancy who we've not seen since uh, the end of Series 2. She didn't appear in any of Series 3, but she's back now and she's working at the gym. And uh, one thing that really cracked me up in this episode was the obscene amount of continuity references that they have. Um, Yes, on the script I've highlighted a few. And the first one that I got was just before Nancy appears when Mark talks about his scrotum, which is a throwback to uh, series one. Yep. And then, uh, and then you know, Mark looks at Nancy and he's just like, oh my God, Nancy, I haven't seen you. And then she, she just finishes a sentence. Oh, since I took off after marrying Jez, call back to wedding, series two wedding. Uh, yeah. Um, I was actually, when I first watched this, I was genuinely... Surprised to see Nancy. Didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. Uh, binge watching this, I was not prepared for Nancy to show up. I just kind of assumed that she was one of those one season characters that is just there and kind of yeah. vanishes. But nope, we yeah. have the return of Nancy. Um, and she sticks around for a while after this. Yeah. Um, she 
then tells Marcos what she's been doing and she then says that she was meant to hang out with some Belgian nuns but didn't make it there because she ended up on Crystal Beth, assistant managing an IMAX in Bradford for 18 months. And this made me laugh a lot because A, I want to know more about the Belgian nuns and why she didn't make it. I want to know how she ended up in Bradford. But also, do you actually come back from Crystal Meth? Like, I thought that was a drug that pretty much ravaged you from the inside out. She doesn't look like she's been doing Crystal Meth. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, uh, Crystal Meth causes your teeth to fall out. It causes your skin to to wrinkle. Like, there's no way that, that Nancy's been on, you know, Crystal Meth for a year and a half. She, no. she looks way too good no. to have been on Crystal Meth. <laughs> yeah. But um, Mark says that it's really nice to see her and she says that it's really good to have some downtime because all the crystal were totally fucked with her mind. Yep. And, uh, and Mark's like, oh yeah, cranking it at the IMAX, don't I know it, in an attempt to be cool, but he doesn't really pull it off. Yeah, uh, that part really that part really cracked me up. Um, yeah, it's really it's really funny. The delivery is very yeah, funny. Yeah, and again, I really, I really would like to see kind of a little mini-series, like a two or three episode mini-series of uh, Nancy's missing 18 months. Yeah, there's um, there's a few things in Peep Show that I'd like to see, um, I'd like to see more on, and this is one of those things. <laughs> um, so next we have Mark walking down the street, and he he's just kind of debating internally if he should tell Jeremy about Nancy, but he's worried about pushing Jeremy over the edge, and maybe it'd be kinder not to tell him. But then, yeah, I've put in my notes that I think it actually would probably be better not to tell him. Actually, but um, that was never going to happen, obviously. But actually, for Jeremy's sanity, I think it might have been better not to tell. Oh yeah, I agree with you. Um, and, but then Mark also, and this part I find is really, really fucking dark. Is he's like, oh, the the notion of having secret power is pretty appealing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah really dark really tells you something about the dynamics of their relationship yeah. um as mark walks around the corner he sees a guy in a black ski mask standing in front of a post office box like pouring lighter fluid into it and then setting it on fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, he uh runs he realizes what's happening and freaks out and is like oh my god like i need to do something he then says like if decent people like me do nothing what will become of the world quotes that poem yeah. <laughs> about then they'll come for the trade unionists, but then he says that that wouldn't bother him too much. Which I know, enough. fuck you, Mark. But then he realises... <laughs> yeah, but then he realises that he knows this person because of the weird run, and it is Jeremy. Yep. And uh, as this person runs past him, Mark calls out to him. They have a really funny um, conversation right here, and I'm just going to play the conversation for you. Jeremy? Mark? What the hell are you doing? Oh... I got a bit drunk and posted that stuff to Big Stu's, and then I sobered up and sort of had second thoughts. For God's sake, Jeremy, that's the post you set fire to, the Royal Mail. That's like burning a swan. Oh, shit. Come on. I've already done running today. This is unnecessary exercise. What am I doing with my life, Mark? Finally. I'm such a cock ring. I drove Nancy away, Big Stu's left me. I just wish something would work out for me, you know? Maybe my life's just on the wrong track. I should tell him about Nancy. But I don't want to distract him from this massive dawning realisation. <laughs> I do love this conversation when he's trying to debate if he should um, you know, tell Jeremy about Nancy or just let Jeremy keep doing this act of self-realisation. 
Yeah, I really enjoy Jeremy saying he's a cock ring as well. This is just now in my lexicon <laughs> and I'd forgotten it was from this episode. Um, I'd also spent some time trying to ascertain whether or not setting fire to a post box was a crime. Uh, it turns out it is. It is a crime that comes under the Cultural Property Act. Um, so it is a crime to set fire to a post box. Don't do it. Um, and it does come with the possibility of a fine or a prison sentence. But I found this out via a very interesting pamphlet called the uh, Postboxes Heritage Agreement for Royal Mail, which is on a website about historic England. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever fancy a little read, it's about 20 pages long. I think I just saw something on um, the Project Zeus uh, group about somebody setting fire to a post office box. Oh, really? Well, there you go. Let's see if they end up imprisoned for it. I think our prisons are pretty full. I don't think they've got room for post box fire starters. Well, I don't know what prisons are like over there, but I'm sure they'll find. Uh, I'm I'm sure that they'll find uh, room for him. Space yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, let's see here. So the next scene, I really this, um, this next little bit, I actually this next little scene, I think is actually pretty funny too, um, where. Uh, Mark is sitting in the lobby of Champer's Spa and Gym, and he's just drinking orange juice. And then he's like, uh, this woman walks by, and he's like, hey, uh, could I please get some more orange juice? <laughs> yeah, and she says that you've drunk a lot of juice, and it's kind of an unwritten rule about drinking all the complimentary juice. And Mark says, well, you know, if it's unwritten, what could you do? Get me some more juice. Um, it's, it's very amusing. We have actually, we have free tea and coffee at school and similar thing that if we drink it too fast, even though it's apparently free and unlimited, if we drink it too fast, we get told off. It's always funny when you break one of those unwritten rules and then you just get stared at like you're fucking Satan himself. Yeah, so the one that we see a lot here is in the tube, you're meant to stand on the right so people can walk on the escalator so people can walk on the left. And foreigners obviously don't know this, but generally English people are too English to... So, so, so there are lots of signs around, but obviously if they don't read English either, it's a problem. And you get on the tube, you get a lot of very uptight English people huffing and staring, but never actually saying, hey, how about you get on the right? <laughs> I mean, it is written because it's on the signs, but it's kind of one of those things that if you lived in London all your life, you just know. Mm -hmm. And obviously people don't know it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, at this point, Nancy, uh, at this point, Nancy walks down some stairs into the lobby and Jeremy sees her and he just excitedly rushes up to Nancy. But Nancy, however, does not really seem excited to see Jeremy. No. Um, he says that, um, Oh, I didn't know you were back in the country. And she's like, yeah, I am. And she's very non plus to see him. And then Jeremy says they should get together and reminisce. And Nancy's like, what do, what's there to reminisce about? Basically like the time that you screwed the next door neighbor and he says, what about the good times? You know, the Robin Williams DVD marathons. And Nancy's just like, come on, Jez. Like, you hate Robin Williams. Yeah, she says, I remember you calling him a moist-eyed camera hogger. Yeah, which are only in the deleted scenes. So there you go. That's a little that's a little throwback for anyone that watched the deleted okay, scene. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember if that was in the deleted scene or in the um, actual episode itself. but Yeah, no, that was one of the deleted scenes. Yeah, that really cracked me up. The, again two pieces of continuity so yeah yeah um so then she walks away and jeremy is 
despite the fact that she has shown no interest in speaking to him and has walked off, gone to the back where she works, he's like, okay, right, well, I'll just try again tomorrow um, and ask Mark if he can have another one of the guest passes in order to continue to stalk her. Yeah, and, but Mark doesn't want to give him another guest pass. He only has three of them and they are worth 14 pounds each and he wants to save one in case he brings a friend to the gym and then i like how jeremy just like shades the fuck out of him and he just goes friend what friend <laughs> yeah i've written in my notes he's got a good point there we never see any other friend of Mark's. yeah um and then jeremy realizes oh the gym is hiring for jobs i'm going to get a job at the gym Yes, um, so he decides to apply for the job at the gym and that says that they'll naturally start to fancy, or she'll naturally start to fancy him again. Yep. And then I really enjoy the interview, uh, or I really enjoy his interview um, with the manager because the manager keeps saying like, well, you know, you do know it's very low pay. And Jeremy's just like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's fine. And very long hours. Yeah, okay, that's cool. I can I can handle that. <laughs> Jeremy says, I like long yeah. hours. I like, I like long, long hours. hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he's like, and you have to clean toilets and pull hair out of the plug holes. And Jeremy's just like, oh, that's fine. That's interesting. I, I find that very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the gym manager eventually comes to the conclusion that Jeremy must be writing a novel in order to be so keen to start this job. And Jeremy sort of thinks in his head that he doesn't want to seem overqualified. So he says, oh, what's the novel? And the gym manager just looks, and the gym manager has a brilliant look on his face at this point where he just looks at him like, what? Yeah. Um, I thought I thought this was really, like, fucking strange that the gym manager was doing everything in his power not to hire Jeremy for this job. Yeah, maybe he just, maybe he just got the slacker vibe from Jeremy. Well, I also feel like that this is, like, there's a lot of very subtle... I, and actually, I'm not even sure if it's subtle. There's actually, like, qu quite a bit of racism in this episode. There is. Uh, later on, there is a bit of racism. I flagged that up in my notes Yeah, well. so I don't know if maybe he doesn't want to hire Jeremy because, you know, there's no uh, white English people working on the Porter staff. Yeah, I think that might be part of it. But, yeah, I mean, it just seems, it just seems weird that he would... Uh, he would, you know, go out of his way to try to actively not hire Jeremy. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, next scene, we kind of see, uh, we kind of see a little bit of the post-workout routine between Mark and Matt. Yep, yeah, he's getting a massage, or he's, Matt tells Mark that it's time for a massage. Yeah, and Mark is fucking terrified. Matt just tells Mark to whip his yeah. shirt off, and uh, Mark is like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not really into it. Uh, Matt starts asking him about if he's got a clean bit of health, and Mark says that he does have... He says that he thought he had ringworm once, but it turned out to be a cigarette burn, which made me laugh, because Phil, my husband, has got a uh, scar on his arm, which when we first were going out, I asked him if he'd had ringworm, but it was... It was that his nan had accidentally caught him with a cigarette when he was a child. Holy <laughs> so, shit. <laughs> so quite the opposite. He's got a burn that I thought was ringworm. Oh my um, god. Really? 
Yeah, his uh, his nan was apparently I didn't ever meet her. She died of lung cancer before we met, but um, she was like a chain smoker. Apparently, never didn't have a cigarette in her hand. And when he was a toddler, and obviously at the kind of height you hold a cigarette, he walked into her lit cigarette and has got the mark on his arm to this day. Oh my god! Mark doesn't seem to come from that sort of family though, so I'd like to know the backstory to his cigarette burn <laughs> yeah. on his arm. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um. Um, yeah, so he's having the massage and obviously he's worried he's going to get an erection. Um, and I've put in my notes that, oh, do you think Mark really is gay? And do you think Mark is actually gay? I don't know. The more that this show goes on, the gayer I actually think Mark is. Yeah, he definitely, like, I don't know that. It doesn't seem like a, a usual fear to me for a, a heterosexual man. I don't know. Maybe it would be, but uh, it definitely made me think... Uh, Oh, yeah. It, it, the, like you say, the more I kind of think about it and the more you see of it and the deeper you delve, perhaps Mark is gay and that is what is going on with him. But as a man, I will be honest, most men have this fear of this kind of stuff happening. Like, w why does it fucking matter? But, you know, there's just people who are so particular about that kind of stuff from happening. Like, I, I really, I, I really don't get it. It, it always blows my mind. I guess it's the same thing as as a woman when you are, especially if you're pregnant, of like your gynecological exams are sometimes done by male doctors and you'll always be asked if that's okay. And I've always thought, well, yeah, I mean, it's a doctor. Like, I don't know why it wouldn't be okay. Clearly there are women that object to this and always want these things done by a female or with a female chaperone. But at the end of the day, this is not a very sexy situation, least of all when you're in labour itself, but you're still asked these questions about if it's okay to have a man in the room to do these exams, and it's like, well, yeah, this is, that's their job. <laughs> I don't really yeah, get I it. Yeah, I I mean, but, it's not yeah. like, it, it's not like you're on the set of a porno film, and they're, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, this is very unsexy, like, hey. these, the, specu the speculum's coming out, I don't think it really matters who this is, you know? <laughs> Sorry, just uh, you said speculum and it. Oh, oh. Um, one other thing that I thought was really funny in this little scene is that uh, Mark mentions that he's been listening to Alan De uh, Elaine De Botton's podcast. Do you think this is the first mention of a podcast in a uh, in a TV show? Yeah, I thought that. I thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. That this was. I mean, I know podcasts were around ten years ago because I was listening to Ricky Gervais's podcast probably about then or maybe a little bit later but um yeah i think that this is the first kind of this is a this is a development in the technology that has been talked about in pink show yeah we're, we're just uh i mean i mean i'm almost surprised that there was no mention well i guess iphones hadn't come out yet no i've, I've written in my notes that the um the reference to Sudoku and alan de Botton's weekly podcast dates this almost to the minute <laughs> Does, do you know if uh, Alain de Pouton, does he still do a podcast? I don't know, actually. Let's, I'll Google it. Let's have a look. All right. Alain de Pouton. He has got... Oh, he's got an audio book just come out. He does TED Talks now. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I mean, I could see how you could um, transition from TED Talks into podcasts. Mm. Alan founded, writes, narrates, and commissions for a YouTube channel called The School of Life, which is a... Uh, oh, it's for atheists, and it's about atheist philosophies. That actually sounds quite interesting. I might go and listen to some of these afterwards. I mean, it, it seems like he's had the normal podcast trajectory, which is podcast, YouTuber, TED Talk. 
maybe that could happen for us. Um, yeah, I know. We'll be one day. You and I will be doing <laughs> TED talks about the fucking I don't know the Big Beat Manifesto and how you should live your life according <laughs> to the Big Beat Manifesto. Yeah, I'm still intending to do my PhD on on Peep Show. I don't know. I don't know what department that would go under, but I've got a friend who's just completed a PhD in the role of geography in Sherlock Holmes novels. So if he can do that, I'm pretty sure I could do a PhD in Peep Show. <laughs> uh, we get back to the hallways of the gi- the gym, and Jeremy just he lets this <laughs> African porter, gym porter, go in front of him, and he thinks to himself, "God." Letting her go first, just as though she's the same as me, or even better. God, I'm amazing. And I was just like, yeah. Was. What a dick. Yeah, what a yeah. dick. Um, <laughs> Jeremy finds Nancy at the front desk, and she looks doesn't really look that thrilled to see Jeremy. Um, Jeremy tries to bury the hatchet. Nancy, you know, since they are colleagues and all, just kind of agrees. And um, Jeremy apologizes to her for cheating. And Nancy said, he says to Nancy, you know, I haven't even really had sex since you left. And she's like, really? Not even oral or foot jobs or tromboning? And I got to tell you, if you don't know what tromboning is, just don't Google it because I'm like, okay, I wish I hadn't looked that up now. Yeah, I do know now because I did Google it. I was, I Googled it and couldn't come up with anything and was like, what the hell? And I thought, oh, maybe it's made up. And then I realized I had safe search on. So I took safe search off and then was like, oh, shit. Wish I hadn't looked at this. Oh, God, I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Jeremy is a bit shocked by this, by her asking if he's, you know, been having oral foot jobs or tromboning. And he says, no, sure, maybe a bit of oral, but I never really enjoyed it. Um, One question I had for you is, um, I, I mean, so he says he hasn't even really had sex since Nancy left. We know that through most of Series 3, he was pursuing Big Sue's. So do you think he's being truthful here when he says he hasn't really had sex since she left? Because I don't know that him uh, and Big Sue's were ever hooking up again. No, maybe you're right, but I just assume not because it's Jeremy and he's duplicitous and he'll have sex with whoever he can have sex with. So yeah. I just assume there has been some sex, even if we've not seen it. Yeah. Um, uh, Nancy can see, uh, Nancy then says, you know, um, well, you know, this will be good. We'll be friends. And Jeremy's like, great friends, just like the friends on friends who got so bored of being friends that they started screwing each other. So that is our second friends reference of the, of the yeah, show. Yeah, that's pretty good, good going that we've managed to mention friends yeah. twice. <laughs> um, she then says, um, that she fancies Matt. And calls him a hundred degree hottie, which I've written is he's not really my cup of tea, but maybe he is some like you know maybe he is at a hundred degree hottie, but I'm is not my thing. Um, and Nancy just says she'd love to bone him, and Jeremy's like, oh great, I'd love to watch, <laughs> and he's trying to banter, and then he thinks uh, he thinks in his head that. He doesn't actually want to do that because watching people you love have sex isn't really much fun. Yep, which is another continuity reference to uh, dance class. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, to Nancy and the rich prick having sex. Yeah, what was his fucking Um, name? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember what was his name. Jesus Christ, he had a really weird... Gail. That's right, yeah. Yeah, good old Gail. Um, And uh, then Jeremy uh, says that he hasn't seen anyone and Nancy suggests that he hook up with Ava who works at the gym as well. Coincidentally, Eva was the one who was chiding Mark about drinking all the orange juice. 
yes. Um, and Jeremy says that she's not really his type. And Nancy asks if that is because she's from the third world and used to live in a hut, which really made me laugh. Um, and I've said, do Americans think that all continental Europe is like this? Ha ha. And Jeremy explains that Poland isn't in the third world. <laughs> um, and then uh, Nancy says that, oh, they, it's a shame that they don't get together because she's a nice girl and they're friends. And Jeremy thinks that he's going to use Eva as his decoy. Yep, he's going to pursue Eva so that he can accidentally kiss Nancy. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know yeah. how my lips ended up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. We go later and we're in... I, this gym looks like it has some sort of like cafe or small restaurant or something on there. And Jeremy is mentions to Mark that, you know, he is the first white English person on the cleaning staff. And um, he talks about how fascinating it is to see the other side of the potato. And he says that a lot of them eat sandwiches, not sandwiches that they buy from the store, but sandwiches that they make themselves. Yeah, this really made me laugh and really reminded me of, uh, as a teenager, I had a job in a Domino's Pizza and they employed me uh, specifically to go on the phones because I had an English accent and I was the only English person that worked there for a while. Um, and I was in high demand on the phones because I had an English accent and everyone wanted to speak to the English girl. And it all got a bit racist in there because uh, people would phone up for their pizzas and then say... I don't know what you're saying. I can't understand what you're saying. Put me onto the English girl. So this is how I was known. And I was in high demand for my telephone voice for a while. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was a weird place. It was like a, I mean, I don't even live in a particularly ethnically diverse borough. Like I'm in an outer London borough in East London that's pretty white. But yeah, this was, Domino's was where everyone of different ethnicities was hanging out. <laughs> um, so Jez says that the situation is like the Titanic Mark is upstairs being all high and mighty, but Jez is downstairs dancing a jig with the Poles and Africans, having a better time than he can imagine. Yeah, I've written in my notes that this joke works for a very specific set of people who were probably born uh, probably in about the seven or eight years that we occupy. I think that joke would fall flat for young people today and for older people. You don't, uh, you don't think that they haven't seen the movie Titanic? I don't know. Are people watching Titanic now? Like it was a big deal when I was thirteen. But did it? Was it? Did it go across the generations, or was everyone just watching it for Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, I mean, I know that my mom. I don't. I know that my mom loved Titanic. <laughs> yeah. See, my parents they weren't interested, and Phil was flicking around, and Titanic was on, and it had sort of got. It wasn't very far in. I think it was like on a plus one channel, so it had sort of. We were in the first thirty minutes. And he was just like, I can't, I know you're going to want to keep this on, but I can't be in the room <laughs> while this is on. <laughs> uh, and I ended up watching the whole thing alone. Yeah. Um, Mark tells Jeremy to make sure to clean up the bathrooms because there's a big pool of rusty water by the, and I'm going to pronounce this correctly, urinals, and it turns his yeah. stomach. Yeah. Um, there's a very, there's a clear kind of divide between Mark and Jeremy here that I quite enjoy of Mark being all kind of gentlemen's club, eating his steak at the bar, and Jeremy working there. Mm -hmm. um, Mark's phone rings, and it's Sophie, and he says that he's still working out, and he's just pushing the burn. And then she asks if he's going to come home later that night, and she says no, he's got a session with Matt. And, you know, she sounds like a little upset about this, but, you know, she wants him to be in shape for the wedding, and Mark just chuckles, and he's like, physical well-being, the perfect alibi. Yeah, um, 
they sign off and Sophie says that she'll see him at work tomorrow and uh, Mark's, uh, you know, pleased to have got rid of her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nancy comes in at this point and uh, Jeremy just kind of tells Nancy that he's interested in Eva and then Nancy suggests that they do a double date um, to the company party, I think is what it was. Uh, yeah, first of all, Jeremy suggests that they go to the cinema, which I've written in my notes, is this a date if you're not 14? Who goes on, <laughs> A, who's going to the cinema with someone they fancy, and B, who's doing a double date to the cinema with someone they fancy? Um, and then, yeah, and then they decide that they're going to do it at the company party. Mm -hmm. And then uh, basically just kind of through everything, um, Nancy tells Jeremy to talk to Matt Townsend and put in a good word with her. Or to put in a good word with him, and then she'll put in a good word with Eva. And then she kind of thanks Jez, and she as she walks away, she tells Jez he's awesome, and Jez is just like, yeah, I'm awesome. And awesome shit. <laughs> yeah, he um, his voiceover, he says, I'm uh, the cuckoo in the nest, the python in the toy box, which really made me laugh and was a line I hadn't noticed before. Uh, Jeremy has a great little evil smirk. I always like whenever he's going to do something evil and um, he'll like laugh or something and somebody will be like, oh, what are you laughing about? And he's like, oh, nothing, nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the next scene we have um, Jeremy kind of bumps into Matt in a hallway and he's going to go talk to Matt about Nancy. And um, this scene is kind of short, so I'll just go ahead and play the whole thing here. Uh, it's Matt, isn't it? And you are? Jeremy, yeah. Um, I've got a message from Nancy on reception. The gorgeous blonde? Yeah, she says she's seen you looking at her and she thinks you're disgusting. Oh, shit. Yeah, she says you stare at her like a sex offender and if you keep doing it, she'll call the police. God, well, she did smile at me once, so I just caught her eye. Can you tell her I'm sorry? I'll tell her. But she says if she sees you doing it again, she knows some bad dudes and they'll... <sighs> Do you even want to know? Well, I better. She says they'll rip your cock off and stuff it in your mouth. Jeez. Sorry to be the messenger. Don't shoot me. No, dude. No, thanks for letting me know. It's cool. I got your back, dude. And I've got your hairy plums in the palm of my hand. Yeah, this scene is <laughs> this scene is funny. I like when he's like, "I'm the messenger, don't shoot," and Matt is just like, "Oh." Yeah, the look on his the look on his face when he says that is brilliant. The way he puts his hands out. Yeah, and Matt's just like, "No, nah, it's cool, dude. I I just you know thought she was interested in me." <laughs> yeah, the way Jeremy says she looks, he says she looks look at her like a sex offender. It's just it's brilliant. It's just it's all brilliant. But the delivery from Robert Webb is is so funny. We have a uh, we we go back to Apollo House, one of the few non gin scenes in this entire episode. Um, yes. Mark and Sophie are eating dinner, and Mark is just like slamming mashed potatoes on his plate, and <laughs> Sophie just kind of looks disgusted by the amount of food that he's eating. Yeah, um, and in his voiceover, he says, "Who cares if I put on a bit of weight? I'm engaged to be married. Mating season is over," which made me laugh because I a bit feel like this. Oh, I feel like this too. <laughs> um mark is saying that he is just it's just fuel for the engine he's just eating because he's burning it off so much at the gym and sophie does not look convinced by this no film. and then she wonders if they're a good couple or not and you know she's worried that they don't spend enough time together and then you know she kind of talks about 
oh, you know, maybe I'll join the gym and Mark is, like, not really happy about this. Yeah, when she asks if they're a good couple, Mark's answer to this is, yeah, I mean, you've got to be realistic. We're no Edward and Mrs. Simpson, which really made me laugh. And maybe this didn't resonate with you, but as a British person, is that's not a great love story. Like, that's a, that's a really horrible love story. Like, that completely nearly brought down the monarchy. That's not a good example. And Mark thinks, uh, I think that was a good answer, and I've written in my notes, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> um, what, what is the, what is that? So, um, so our king was, he hadn't been coronated, but he was the king. So our current queen's dad's brother, so he was the, the older son, he was in line to the throne, and he gave it up because he wanted to marry Boy Simpson, who was a, an American divorcee. Um, we go sometime later and it's during the company party at the gym and um uh jeremy opens the door and nancy is sitting in a spa just looking like holy shit unbelievable um i'm sure you probably weren't as taken with nancy in the scene as i was but i was just like oh my god no i thought i thought she had a really nice bikini yeah it was very cute it wasn't like uh it wasn't even like revealing or anything it was just it, it fit her very well and she looked very nice in it yeah, she did. Yeah, she asked Jeremy where Eva is, and he says she went to go into the flotation tank. Um, but then he says things aren't going well between them because Jeremy made a joke about, you'll have to pronounce that word for me. Um, Lekwasa, I think is how you say it. Um, I've written in my notes, I don't know what the joke could be because what was funny about post-communist Poland, but if you don't know who he is, then that would have made even less sense to you. He was the president of Poland after, in like 19, I want to say 1989 or 1990, when they when they went post-communist. And he was like a socialist guy who brought them back from communism. Not funny, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. And then Jeremy also says that uh, Eva got snitty about UK hip-hop and um, it just all fell apart from <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to know what she got snitty about about UK hip hop. Do you think uh, Jeremy would listen to Corrupt FM? I don't know. I'm not sure. I was thinking that actually when he said that because I was like, oh yeah, that kind of is uh, hip hop. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. I think he would listen to it because he'd want to be that like cool enough. But I don't think he'd really enjoy <laughs> it. That it's too bad that we didn't. We never got a peep show, and people just do nothing crossover episode. Yeah, I mean, they're sort of, they're in that area of London that they probably would be able to hear it if they, the transmitter, the wind was blowing in the right direction. Yeah, I could see Mark like, why is this house covered in peanut dust? Like, uh, at this point, Jeremy just says like, core, it's like a sauna in here. And, um, you know, Nancy laughs and Jez is like, oh, I should try to get more dates in the sauna. And then, um, you know, Nancy says that she's upset because Matt has just been kind of blowing her off all night and... And, you know, Jeremy's like, well, I didn't want to tell you this, but when I talked to him, you know, he said that he didn't want a quote unquote fuck monkey. And Nancy's just like, what? And Jeremy's just like, yeah, and not even the good kind of fuck monkey. And um, Nancy's like gets really upset about all this. And then Jeremy just says, you know, men do and say horrible things. I know I have. But I'm lucky because I've been given the chance to be your friend. And I wouldn't trade a moment of that friendship for a lifetime of funk monkey, fuck monkey jungle action. 
<laughs> yeah, this is a great line. Um, insincere little prick. And just as he's saying this, we hear an alarm going yep. off. And Jeremy's like, oh, what's that? And uh, Nancy explains that it's Eva in the flotation tank. She's hit the panic button. Yep. And uh, they go running into where the flotation room is. And I really wish my gym had a flotation room because ever since I watched Stranger Things season one, I've always wanted to do this. See, I quite like the idea of the flotation tank in, in terms of the relaxing, but I'm quite claustrophobic. So, And certainly getting stuck in one is like my worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, there's roughly about 100 pounds or 45 kilos worth of weights on top of the flotation tank. And Nancy's just like, Oh my God, how did all of these get here? And Jeremy's just like, Oh, must have been a stoned weightlifter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they pull Eva out and she's panicking. She's hyperventilating. And she says, It was so dark in there, so dark. Yeah, it's so um, funny. And Jeremy, yeah, and Jeremy says, Still, there are worse places to get trapped. I mean, you must be bloody relaxed by now, which really made me laugh out loud. Yeah, yeah, that, that made me laugh too. Uh, there's been a couple times where Jeremy has said stuff like that, and it's really, really funny. Yeah. Um, next scene, we have Mark, and he's working on an exercise bike, and Matt's kind of in front of him. And um, I had to look up the name of this piece of equipment, but it is called a lateral thigh trainer. And it's, uh, like, basically, if you imagine you have your legs spread, and then you bring your knees together, and it works the... It's a lateral motion for your thighs to help work your thighs out. Mark, however, calls it the sexualizer, which also a yeah, good name um, for it. That really. I also wrote next to lateral thigh trainer. Ah, so that's what it is because I had no idea what it was. <laughs> yeah, I wish I hadn't uh, done all the internet research to find out what this piece of equipment was called because <laughs> I could have just looked in the fucking script book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right there. Um, Mark uh, then is. Uh, Matt comes over to Mark and he then says that they're going to take it all the way up and is like, do you want it? Do you want it? And Mark in his head is like, what am I meant to say? No. And Mark's like, yeah, I want it in a really unconvincing way. Yeah. And uh, so Matt at this point just starts turning up the resistance on the exercise bike. And um, Mark is just like, oh, my fucking God. And then Matt, you know, asks him like, hey, how's the food plan going? And Mark starts making excuses about his poor food, you know, poor eating habits. And, um, you know, he says that he eat pizza and Matt is just completely appalled by this. And he's like, pizza from San Marcos when there's a sushi bar next door. And um, yeah. yeah, he then says, you know, you're going to end up fat like a house, which is also just in my lexicon. And I didn't realize it was from this episode, but me and Phil say this to each other a lot when, when one is eating something they probably shouldn't yeah. be um matt at this point pulls up his shirt to reveal this like washboard stomach that i just really wanted to like rub my face all over um <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it should be baby oil. oh my god it's very very sexy and uh mark pulls up his shirt to see a night and we see mark's you know flabby hairy stomach and matt matt is like which one is better mine or yours, and Mark's just like, I could tell him mine, and he's just like, yours, and he's like, exactly, no more pizza. Now, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> yeah, um, he says he's going to the pub with Jeremy, and Matt says, don't go to the pub with Jeremy, ask Sadie out for a smoothie, and I've highlighted Sadie, because that is the name of my eldest daughter, which I never realised before that the woman on the sexualizer is called oh Sadie. Oh my god, I didn't even put two and two together when I was doing my notes. No. 
No, um, that is not where we got the name from. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, and Mark says, why, why her? And Matt says, well, you need some more options. Now things are going to shit with Sophie. And, uh, and Mark's like, oh, okay, all right. Um, and he's obviously uncomfortable with this conversation. Yeah, very uncomfortable with this conversation. Um, and then before it can even really get going, Mark, or uh, Matt, Jesus Christ. Um, Mark asks Matt to be quiet about the fact that his relationship with Sophie is going uh, down the shitter. And Matt responds, relax, fat boy. Come on, now let's take it up a notch. And then Mark has a really good response here. Hey, what are you doing tonight? Go to the pub with Jeremy. Don't go to the pub with Jeremy. Ask Sadie out for a smoothie. Yeah, why? Well, you need some more options now things are going down the shitter with Sophie. Right, yeah, but be a bit quiet, maybe, Matt. I'll relax, fat boy. Now, come on, let's take it up a notch. Let's rock it all the way to the top. Now, can you take some more? Do you want some more, do you? Do you want it? Do you want it? No! What? No, I, I don't want it, all right? Fuck off. You've made it too hard. I can hardly fucking pedal. No mountain is that hard. It's just not realistic. So... Uh, I don't know if you've ever had somebody turn the resistance up on a uh, on a um, exercise bike, but it fucking sucks when it hits that point that you can't even pedal anymore. So I'm right with Mark in this part here. Yeah, I haven't experienced that, but I imagine it's like when you're a kid and you had gears on your bike and you turned the gear up to the wrong one for the whatever terrain you were on and then realized you couldn't turn the pedal around. <laughs> yeah. Um, we go back to Apollo House and... Uh, Mark has two pieces of bad news. He's got one affecting Jeremy and one affecting himself. And he asked Jeremy which one he wants to hear first. Yeah, uh, Jeremy says that he'll have the one affecting him so he can have the one affecting Mark for dessert, which really made me Yeah, laugh. that made me laugh too. Um, Ma Mark says that Matt has spoken... Oh, Jesus Christ. Mark has said that Nancy has spoken to Matt at judo class and they're going out on a date and Jeremy is not really happy about this. No. Um, and she, Jeremy asks about the fuck monkey business and Mark says that she said it wouldn't be so bad spending all day eating bananas and fucking with Matt Townsend. And Jeremy says that that's disgusting. I'm depressed. And I've just written in my notes, Jeremy is so horrible. I know he is a fucking awful person. <laughs> And then Mark reveals that Sophie's going to join the gym as well. And Jeremy doesn't understand why that's bad. But Mark explains that he's told uh, Matt about the not wanting to marry her. And now she's going to be coming to the gym. And she's getting dangerously close to his web. Yeah, and Jeremy is just confused because he thinks it would be a good thing if Sophie found out they didn't want to get married. So that Mark wouldn't have to have that heart to heart with her. Yeah, but Mark says no, she can't ever know because it's arranged. It's an arranged marriage. He starts talking about how his dad's pleased for him and he can't he can't let his dad down because his dad sent him a card. And this really made me laugh because I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned this on uh, air before. I think I have. That I was, uh, I ducked out of a wedding about three months before it was due <laughs> to happen. And I, um, this is my, this was my thing that I used to say when I was, I had like two confidants that I said that I didn't want to get married to. And it was always like, well, just don't do it. Like, it'll be embarrassing, but just don't do it. And I was like, no, it's all been arranged. And my granddad really likes him. This was always my thing that like, my granddad really liked my fiance. And, oh my God, like, how am I going to tell my granddad? So I really identified with Mark. Yeah. yeah um, I've never had a, 
I've never had an experience where I've been engaged to somebody that I didn't want to get married to, but I can definitely, I, you were not the only person that I have heard have a similar story to this. And, um, it's quite common when you start talking, because the thing is people don't talk about it. So as soon as you start telling the story, everyone's got a story. Um, but Mark says here that this is his chance to be a proper human being, yeah. <laughs> which is, which really made me laugh because A, I identified with it, but B, Mark is never going to be a proper nope. human and being. And Jeremy actually says that, that to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jeremy then starts thinking about what they should do. They can't come up with a solution and they're both pacing up and down the flat and Mark says they can't both pace because it's like a prison yard. Yeah, I really, that really cracked me up. They're both just kind of pacing back and forth and Mark is just like, we can't both be pacing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, they they try and think of what to do and Mark says they need to get rid of Matt and they start, Mark then says they need to think like Alain de Botton, an evil Alain de Botton. Yeah, and, and Jeremy goes with his normal plan of action which is to kill him and yeah and he's like we can't yeah we him. can't kill him and he says de botton mark says de botton wouldn't kill we aren't gonna kill and something about his delivery here really made me think of sherlock holmes and it made me think how great david mitchell as mark would be at being sherlock holmes yeah. like that'd be a really good uh that would be a really interesting take on the sherlock holmes genre i do like how jeremy just says oh, you know, there's an incinerator out back, you know, like he's actually thinking this through, you know? <laughs> yeah, I wrote in my notes, is there, why is there an incinerator and could it burn a man? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what they should have done with Mummy. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. Because Jeremy ostensibly still works in the gym, at, at, at the gym. I mean, he was never fired, so. That's true, that's true. He was never fired, you're right. Yeah, see, you got the solution. I know. Um, but then Jeremy has an even better idea, and he says we could just tell people that Matt poos in the pool, and this idea is actually kind of like appealing to Mark because it's realistic. He would totally get for the he would totally get the sack for it, and then Jeremy's just like, yeah, and it would make him look like such a freak that it would ruin his chance with with Nancy because she'd be so grossed out by what he had done. Um, yeah, um, and then Mark says that it could work. But he, one of them would have to poo in the pool. And Jeremy's like, no, no, we just lie. And then Jeremy says that it's a shame because he's always wanted to do it. And then David Mitchell delivers this line brilliantly that Mark says, really, I did not know that about you. And it's just the way he says it is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it, it, he says it like it's the most normal thing in the world. Like it would, it would be like it would be <laughs> yeah. like me telling somebody, you know, like, oh hey, I really like pro wrestling, and somebody would be like. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that about you. Just, you know, it's like not a big yeah. deal, you know, just yeah. like, oh, yeah. I didn't know Sean liked pro wrestling, yeah. but this is like, oh, I never knew Jeremy wanted to shit in a pool. <laughs> I was fortunate in my three years of being a lifeguard that I never had to deal with, a, we called them brown fish, but um, <laughs> I, I was fortunate in my three years as a lifeguard that I never had to deal with a brown fish. That's good. That's well, disgusting. It's bad enough when when you've got a child and or a baby, babies do it in the in the bath, but at least that's your own baby whose excrement you're used to dealing with <laughs> rather than just some random person who's pooed in a pool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and when there is a brown fish, they do have to actually evacuate the entire pool until they filter it, until they get it out. So. Yeah, I should think so. Yeah, it's always, it can be a little embarrassing when you're like, hey, 
there's shit in the pool. Get the fuck out. <laughs> um, so then, uh, next scene, we're back in the manager's office at the gym, and Jeremy and Mark are there. And um, they're just, like, completely throwing Matt under the bus regarding the pool pooing. And the manager asks if he knows who left the item in the pool. And as he says it, he holds up, a like, a plastic shopping bag with, um, like, a piece of poop inside of it. Yeah. And um, Mark thinks, oh, my God, he actually did it. He couldn't resist. Yeah. He did it. He couldn't resist. And the way he <laughs> says it, it's he's just so disgusted. It's so goddamn yeah. funny. Um, and then the manager asks, you know, how they know it was Matt. And, um, you know, Mark is like, well, I didn't actually see him do it, but he has mentioned to me that he loves doing it. Yeah, I've written in my notes how, in what possible context could he have Oh, I know, this? I know, right? Like, <laughs> oh, hey, you know, uh, you know what I like to do? I yeah. like to shit in um, the pool, and then... Laura. <laughs> and then... The uh, the manager says that he'll straighten it out, and Jeremy realizes that he's got to push the turbo oh, button on God. this, so he decides to go nuclear. And uh, they accuse Matt of touching Mark's knob. Yeah, it's so funny how this happens when uh, Jeremy's just like, "Oh, but Mark, what about the other thing?" And Mark's like, "What other thing?" And he's like, "You know, with your knob." And then Mark is just like, "Oh, right, yeah." Uh, yeah, he is giving me a massage, and he touched my penis. And the way he says penis, <laughs> it's he's so embarrassed, and you can tell that poor Mark is just about to die of embarrassment here. Yeah, I did say in my notes though that I don't buy that he'd be sacked for this, but not for the pooing in the pool. Like I think that I'm not saying that obviously like touching a man's penis is very serious, but I would have thought pooing in the pool would also be quite serious. Yeah, I noticed that too. But you know, hey, whatever yeah yeah um so then we get to the next scene and we're in the same location except now matt is in the office and they're all squeezed in together and matt and jeremy are both looking like pretty confident but mark is just sitting in his suit and he's just like squeezed right in the middle and he just looks so embarrassed and i really think this scene is pretty funny so i'm just gonna go hey go ahead and play the whole thing they say i did a poo in the pool and I, and I touched him? Yes. Can you describe exactly what happened, Mr. Corrigan? Uh, well, uh, he, he was uh, giving me a, a massage and uh, he was going up my legs and my thighs and, and then he touched my penis and then he, he rubbed my penis quite a bit. And, and I said, stop. But he, he wouldn't stop. Mark, why are you saying this? I don't understand. <clears throat> because, because it's true. Please don't do this. This is my career. You should have thought about that when you were touching his cock. Oh, God, this is all so horrible. Maybe it would have been simpler just to kill him. I should know how to kill someone by now. I've watched enough CSI. <laughs> uh, Matt, in this scene... <laughs> I feel bad for Matt in this scene when, you know, he doesn't know why any of this is happening, but he just knows that, you know, he's getting accused of doing something absolutely heinous that's not even remotely his fault. Yeah, he looks so confused, and I really enjoy the the way they're sat and the, like, the sort of tableau of the three of them, where 
Mark looks so physically embarrassed and he sort of turned away from Matt. Matt looks angry and Jeremy's just smirking and the the way they set out the three of them is just visually very amusing. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing I guess that we should probably have forgotten to mention is that Matt does judo. Yes. We probably should have mentioned that way at the start of this episode is that Matt Matt does yeah. judo. Um, he teaches the judo yeah. class. Yeah. And so our final scene of the episode, we are actually at said judo class and Nancy is really upset that they sacked Matt, but Jeremy tries to assure reassure her, you know, he says, He's a pool po pool pooer. You know what that means? He poos in the pool and then we <laughs> see Mark and Sophie and they're just laughing and having a really good time in judo. Yeah, um, and Mark is happy about this, and in his voiceover, he says that maybe he'll be happy ever after. Maybe I'll look back and say, judo brought us together. Maybe we'll have a judo-themed wedding and get married in judo suits, and I'll cut the cake with my hands. And in my notes, I've just written, Mark is so, so, so strange. Well, and the really strange thing about it is that judo is more like throws and takedowns, and it's not actually like punching and kicking. So I could see him, you know, if he said, you know, maybe I'll throw throw the cake on the floor with a judo toss, then I would be like, oh, okay, that joke makes sense. But yeah, I don't, it's not a lot of hand-to-hand -hand combat in judo. So. Yeah, I mean, clearly the writers knew about much about judo as I do, because I'd fail for that completely. Oh, ah, okay. So, there you go. Yeah, and if you watch any of Ronda Rousey's fights, her early fights, like, it's almost all judo, where it's like judo toss on the ground, beat the shit out of them, arm bar, make a million dollars. Um. But then we see that there is an unwelcome guest in the judo class, and it is Matt. Matt Townsend, a black yeah. belt in judo, he's, I might add. <laughs> yeah, he's at the front of the class, and Mark immediately panics and thinks that he wants to punch and kick me, and he's come somewhere where he's allowed to punch and kick yeah, me. Yeah, I really like when Matt walks up to Mark, and he just looks at Mark, and he just goes, Mark? And then Mark is like, Matt? <laughs> And then he says, yeah. you know, hey, I thought you were fired. And Matt says, well, you know, just because I was fired doesn't mean I can't take judo classes. And then he asks Sophie if he can cut in, and Sophie obliges. Yeah, um, and Sophie does obviously doesn't understand why Mark is so reticent to let him in and to uh, to fight him. And Sophie says, just fight him. We're in a class. He's not going to hurt you. And Mark says, he is going yeah. to hurt me. Uh, I like here how Matt calls Mark a pathetic, flabby human worm. And then Mark just goes, well, he's here too. And it just completely points to Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Jeremy, uh, Mark tells Jeremy that he needs to use his woman as a human shield. And they both stand behind their respective partners. Yeah, I really like this. And then Nancy just tells Matt, you know, violence never solved anything. And you should love thy neighbor as you love yourself. And uh, yeah, I've just written in my notes, shut up. Yeah, Nancy. and then <laughs> she's not changed at all since. No, nope, no, she hasn't. And then uh, Matt just looks at Mark and Jeremy, and he's just like, "Well, you can't hide back there forever." And and Jeremy just he looks at Mark, and he's like, "Ah, he doesn't think we can stand back here forever. He doesn't know us very well if he thinks that's true." <laughs> Yeah, and then that is the end of the episode. Yep, we go right into Flagpole Sitter from there. Um, I said in my notes that I've forgotten. Uh, it's a it's a very kind of like, oh, okay, ending. It seems to sort of end in the middle a little bit. Like, there's no resolution. And I still feel that way. Um, I kind of 
like I was thinking and it was like well, what would happen next and there's no kind of plausible situation that doesn't end up in an almighty row that we never hear about nope. uh, let me and surely Matt would have just said you don't like her and don't want to marry her yeah I, I was a little confused why I mean I, I guess I guess that could have been easy to play off where um, Mark could have explained to Sophie like oh you know he doesn't know what he's talking about you know, we saw him do this horrible thing where he pool he pooed in the pool, and you know we reported it, and he got fired. So he's just trying to ruin my life. Like, don't fucking listen to him. You know. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. It just was. It just seemed to end sort of suddenly for me. Let me let me ask you this question, um, because we're gonna get into your rating here. Your it's ranking on your list. Yeah. After having watched this episode again. Would it actually change where you have it on your ranking list? Um, no, I think I would keep it probably where it is. No, no, I would keep it there. Where, Where is University Challenge ranked on your list? University Challenge is number eight on my list. Okay, so I'm going to assume that you did not like this one. Is What was Man Show ranked at? Man Show is number 48 on my list. Okay, so I'm going to go with 36. Oh, you're really close. It's 35. Woo! <laughs> well done. Another solid guess that was very much in almost perfect. Two for two. Two for two. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, yeah, it's, I would say it's not quite at the point of being like halfway. It's towards the, it's towards the top end of the bottom. I can't believe University Challenge is in your top 10. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is in my top 10. Um, my husband was very surprised by some of my top 10, so maybe my top 10 is a bit out there. Um, I'm trying to see what we've done so far oh, okay. that's in the top 10. You you read my mind, because I was just about to ask which episodes have been reviewed that are in your top 10. So... And um, you don't need to tell us the actual number. You can just tell us in any order. Okay, so um, my top ten in no particular order, uh, the ones that we've already done, are... So Wedding from Series 2 is in my top ten. Um, obviously University Challenge on the pool is in there. Um, what else is in there? my top ten? Jeremy Makes It and Funeral from Series 1. Oh, okay. So we've reviewed roughly half of your top ten. Then that's yeah. that's cool. Mm, yeah, that's a solid top ten. I mean, there was nothing in that. There, there was nothing of those five that I was just like, oh, that's no. There's a few. There's a few later ones that my husband was. My husband and I fundamentally disagreed about the merit of series nine. And there's one particular one from series nine in my top ten that he fundamentally disagreed with. But I stand by it. I am interested to. I'm interested that when we get there, in like three years, <laughs> um, just kidding. Um, I'm I'm interested when we get there to see you know what this what this mystical episode Contribute is. So. Special episode is yeah. Yeah. Um, next, we've got Peep Show Culinary. Thank you again to our good friend Donnie Taylor. Um, before we get into this week's episode of Peep Show Culinary. Um, I don't know if we mentioned this two weeks ago, but I just do just want to mention it again that uh, Donnie is actually going back through series one and two. Yep. And he is going to be doing peep show culinaries for all of those episodes. And we will be sharing those on the Facebook page as they come out. Uh, we just put up 
warring faction the one for warring factions on saturday yeah i read that this today. afternoon and it made me laugh a lot it's well worth a read yeah so peep show culinary donnie says eating bananas and fucking with matt townsend i've got your hairy plums in the palm of my hand the gooseberries revenge you get the idea chopped up bananas plums and gooseberries can bind to form our sweet and nutritious first course which is a fruit salad as we had pizza last week forget about san marcos especially when there's a sushi bar right next door i'm sure our more enthusiastic chefs will be excited about making homemade sushi this week but i suppose if any of you live in the australian outback will look the other way if you'd rather just make your own sandwiches if you don't exercise regularly you might just want to stop right there but our gym rats should help themselves to some fuel for the engine aka mashed potatoes to drink are the following choices complimentary juice the champagne that jez made mention of from his date or explain your water saving methods to your dinner guests over a beer <laughs> <laughs> another solid uh another solid peep show culinary thank you so yeah, much donnie it's a great one thank you Danny. Yeah, uh, again, I do just want to kind of apologize for the delays on Backcast number three. And uh, it just, like I said, some technical difficulties on my end that have prevented me from getting it out in a reasonable amount of time. Um, in, I def- um, sorry, go on. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, I definitely will have both episodes of the podcast out before October 27th, because really on Friday, all I really want to do is just watch Stranger Things season two. Are you going to be watching Stranger Things season two? We definitely are. We have got it. Um, we have got it in our diaries, ready to go for Friday. Um, we are going to a Halloween party on next Saturday, so I am looking forward to uh, getting in the spooky mood by watching Stranger Things series two the night before. I'm a bit worried that they're going to ruin it because I felt like the first series was so perfect and I enjoyed it so much that I don't want them to spoil it. Uh, I have faith that the Duffer Brothers will. Um... I have faith that the Duffer brothers are going to do something fucking awesome. So Yeah, I um, so in my department at school, there were like 15 of us. It's a big department. But out of that 15, I was appalled to find that only one other person has been watching Stranger Things. And we were talking about it last week. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't watched it, you really should. Because especially at this time of year, it is pretty spooky and really compelling. I really... Man, I thought the first season was just incredible i remember telling my wife um i think i mentioned the story a couple weeks ago but i was expecting bojack horseman series three to have been released and so i i eagerly woke up friday morning to watch bojack uh series three and i was like what the fuck oh man no that sucks uh well whatever this stranger things is i guess i'll watch this and then um so then I ended up watching like, man, the first like five episodes or something like that. Um, and, uh, I just like did not want to go to work that day. Cause I really just wanted to finish watching stranger things. Yeah. It's, um, it's really one of those things that once you've watched one episode, you, you've got to keep watching it because it's, um, it just, it like, especially the Netflix model where it doesn't even let you stop for a second to breathe. So it's just like, Oh yeah, I've got to keep going. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, well, we will probably, hopefully, be able to talk about that in two weeks. Um, But until then, anything else? Um, No, I don't think so. Um, Yeah, it's half term this week, so I'm going to be enjoying not being at school. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I'm just, you know, catching up on some 
watching telly and reading. Yep. Well, this is the El Dude Brothers signing off. Eh, eh. Goodbye. I am in loco parentis. I am the last remaining contestant of The Apprentice. I am the home trained dentist. Ay, 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 ay,